What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 52nd episode of the Balanced Business Podcast. That means we have officially crossed the one-year mark. Team, how exciting is today? Cool that we've done this for a year. (laughs) Yeah, It's weird to think about. We've come so far. So with this annual, I don't even know, christening, we I know we have a very special topic today. So Justine, what's what's going on? What are we talking about? Today we're talking about um what to do when you have a lead who is interested, but you haven't yet gotten them on a call or you haven't yet signed, uh they haven't yet signed with you. So we're gonna talk about how to keep that conversation going and um kind of what those messages might look like to keep them interested, frequency of those messages, and then how to use automation to make this process a little bit easier. So I don't know where you guys want to start with that, but yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I'll I'll intro it because I know Larissa has many, many thoughts when it comes to at least the automation side. So most likely when you are working with someone, right? Like you or deciding to work with someone and you've gotten through the pitch, you understand like their problem and you've built like a mechanism to, to help. Then this weird like period happens where it's like they're, they say they're interested or they've shown interest and you've probably come up and you know, I always talk about pricing on the very first call. So you've probably talked about pricing and scope and all that. And you're waiting and you're like, I, I hope they're going to sign. Uh, and then like a, a couple of days go by and you get anxious and you want to follow up, but you don't know what to say. And then usually if you don't put in any work or hear from them within a week, you have that sinking feeling like they're not ever going to sign. And maybe they do, maybe they don't, but that's what that problem is. Like we want to eliminate as much of that uncertainty as possible. So Larissa, talk to us about like, uh, cause I know you've been working on that a lot this week. So talk about like what, what we do, what you've seen work. Um, and then we can go into more of like the back end strategies. Yeah, of course. So um, when it comes to like, if you've got a lead interested, but not yet on the call to keep the conversation going and to really keep them interested. I mean, the message, the messages you send and the frequency you send will certainly depend on the the business you're in and the niche you're in. Some will have some impact on like, if you have a really long sales cycle, like just naturally, you don't necessarily need to be following up with those leads every day, especially if it has to go through a long, let's say like legal process or, or something like that, some sort of due diligence that has to happen before you can sign with anybody. Um, keep in mind, those types of agreements and things along those lines are going to just take longer. So you don't need to be following up like every single day because their answer every day is going to be like, legal has it, there's not much we can do. And that's sort of something to just kind of keep in mind. But understanding the uh, sales cycle overall that you have, you do want to make sure you're following up pretty frequently. And one thing we always recommend to do is to have automated follow-up sequences in place to be checking in on, especially like contracts that have been sent, but not signed. Um, And just general agreements to make sure that like, A, you're staying top of mind and B, you are like very accessible to any questions or concerns they may have. That's a really common thing in like many sales processes. And again, it will vary somewhat by industry, but when people are not interested, they'll kind of just ghost. 
And that's one thing to kind of keep in mind is that like, that is really common for like, if you send out 10 contracts, you're almost definitely not getting all 10 of those signed. Um, and that's just sort of how it is. But if you're following up with those leads, and especially if you're doing it consistently, if they have a concern or if they have a question by having those follow-ups and ideally automated follow-ups, you can make sure that you are you know, really just accessible to address those concerns before they get to the point where they're just like, you know what? No, I'm just ghosting. Like, I'm not going to address this. It's also, you know, it, it's harder to ghost somebody who's really consistent about following up with you. Um, you know, if they follow up two days ago and they follow up today and they follow up two days from now without any response, that is going to reflect well on the people who are following up and not so well on the people who aren't getting back. So it's one of those kind of almost more like psychological things, but you can definitely use tools of automation to be sending follow-up, let's say like emails, phone calls, texts, uh, you know, Facebook, wherever you are interacting with these leads, you can set up automated follow-up sequences to make sure you're interacting with them consistently. Yeah, and I totally introduced the topic wrong. So I was thinking like more of the follow up after, um, uh, you know, like after they've already expressed a lot of uh, passion. But to Larissa's point too, I mean, one of the biggest things that we've noticed too, at least from a sales process, is like think about when you get a contract, right? For for anything, is your initial thoughts, even if the conversation was amazing you think that there's going to be something in there that you know as a as a it wasn't discussed or an added fee so you always have to think about the person on the other end when they're getting this contract or agreement or whatever like they have fear right that that's a that's a huge trust right it's one thing to say you're going to work with someone and another thing to put your money towards that so part of what Lewis is talking about with the follow-ups too is like it doesn't necessarily just have to be like hey did you see this um I like to sprinkle in, and this is where automation works really well to enable you, but like, I like to add that personal touch in there. I like to reference something that we did on the sales call or a specific goal that they had in mind. Let's say that they really like need help defining a niche, right? I want to bring that up with maybe a couple of niches that we discussed, uh, because that just adds a little bit of more personality to the conversation. And maybe that's not like a direct, like automation, but it's more of, Hey, um, was uh uh like the let's say your CRM pings you to send something like this. It's still automated because it's you're not actively thinking about it, but the way you approach it could be a lot more human. Um, and I like to do especially like phone calls. I know that a lot of people don't like to do that, but I like to actually give people calls and go over the contract with them, answer any questions they have because sometimes it's the smallest like word or phrase that might be holding them up. So, I mean, throughout the whole process, whether it's you know, the leads somewhat interested to closing a deal, using automation as an asset to work for you, both in, you know, like you don't have to say, you type out like uh, any questions or anything like that, but reminding yourself to be human throughout the process is going to dramatically increase your closing rate, as well as even if you don't close them right now, the way they feel about you. So just wanted to add that two cents in there is, is you can use automation to also like help you on like reminding you to do certain things, phone calls, texts, voicemails, uh, stuff like that. So. Yeah, for sure. And that's a good point. Like not everything needs to be a fully automated message, but you can still utilize automation and things to make sure you don't let it fall through the cracks. You can set reminders for yourself. Um, oftentimes in, 
many softwares that let's say you can send automated emails or texts out through. You can either add tasks or add manual messages that need to be sent that will just need like manual approval before sending. Um, those are the types of things that are really valuable to do to ensure somebody does kind of get across the finish line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, this, I know we're talking about more so follow up to, you know, before they sign, but even after they sign, right? Like using that automation to remind you to follow up. Like that's what I did today, right? I, we launched someone on Monday and I followed up with them today, three minute call, and we're going to have a testimonial next week. And I got that scheduled because I was just, Hey, asking, Hey, how's the quality of the leads? What else can we do to be helpful? Uh, and the only reason I did that is because my CRM reminded me to do so. So it wasn't really like, could I have remembered? Yes. Am I still a nice guy? Yes. But I just use technology to to help. So even after the sales process happens, those reminders are helpful. Um, Justine, I saw that you unmuted yourself. Did you have any questions or, or feedback? Yeah. Um, can we kind of talk about what are, what softwares we actually use in our processes? Um, and kind of what our automation processes look like a little bit more. We'll say our, our tech stack right now is a little tricky because we're kind of transitioning from um, others to we're moving into GHL, go high level, um, just to kind of have this all centrally done in a single in a single place. Uh, other softwares we've used that we've really liked have been uh, instantly, which we'll continue using for cold email outreach. But a lot of our CRM activity is through um, close, close.io, I think. Um, and we have some things set up through Airtable as well, although Airtable is more so like for database management. CRM, we the CRM that we've been using close is more for like actually getting these reminders and getting these messages auto sent out. So that's kind of the tech stack we use. Although, like I said, we're moving to GHL um, because we've been using it for some other clients. We really like it and it has the ability to do like I said all of these things in one place in just a way that's a little bit easier to manage than um, having kind of piecemeal systems built in out built out in like multiple different softwares yeah and I think to to the tool set um because Larissa and I've been talking a lot this week about like systems and back end um don't rely too much on what the fancy tool is right so we mentioned go high level we use Airtable. we use a lot of software but like it doesn't really matter what software you use it matters on like how your what your flow is and what tools will get you mostly there where you can add something in there right uh, add maybe add instead of having like three different softwares one for crm one for you know, um, an email tool and, and all this like random stuff, figure out like what you need and what software can get you mostly there. And then add on like extensions, maybe through Zapier or something like that. Um, because we've just seen people do a lot, like get all the software they can. And you probably don't need that all <laughs> because it's, it turns out to be this like huge mess. And most likely the, the solution that you're trying or the the plan, the thing that you're trying to solve is, is pretty simple. Like maybe it's how do I get a contract signed and then automatically onboard that person to my uh, you know, course or something like that, right? Uh, it's probably simpler than needing like six softwares to make it happen. You might need six softwares, but I mean, the solution is really the, is really where 
software can shine because we just seen we've seen it time and time again people just buy software just for a great sales pitch or something like that when they don't really need it or they don't really use it or they use it for like a month and then never use it again so that's just one thing to keep in mind with back-end software is like you just don't want to get something that you're just not going to use hashtag yeah we're fighting with someone about that right now <laughs> <laughs> so um but but I mean, to that point, like I've been a huge fan of like clothes for as a CRM for like ever, um, instantly for for software for for e uh, emails. Like, but at the end of the day, like you might not need those once some like a product switches or like fees become crazy. So, uh, but the ones I use mostly every single day is clothes, still GHL. Um, those are and Slack. I mean, you can't get wrong with Slack, but that doesn't really help you on the on the sales channel. So. Yeah. Well, any other advice or anything you want to give to people trying to figure out their follow-up process or getting people to sign more frequently? One of the things I would definitely advise is to really go through and fully map out what does the customer journey look like in every stage. So I mean, like, how does it look like for them to go from, let's say, a completely cold lead to a warm lead? How does it look like once they've become a warm lead? So in this case, let's just say like after they've met with you, then what does that follow-up sequence need to look like? Then how do we follow up with those people? Then how do they move into a contracting stage where you send out a contract and again, you're going to be following up until that gets signed? Then how do you move them from a signed contract into properly onboarding? And then how do you move them from onboarding to ongoing service, if that's kind of your model, um, or move them from onboarding to completed? And, and how does that customer journey look? What does communication look like from your end to them to make sure that you're maintaining a high level of professionalism, that you're not falling off the map anywhere? Um, like, how can you do this in a way that represents your business in a way that you want uh, and map that all out, whether it's on pen and paper or, you know, you can use system like for free, you can use, let's say like Funalytics or, you know, I know a lot of people use a ton of other different software for kind of mapping things out, but you could even just in a Google doc, create a list of like customer is in this stage. This is the communication. This is the frequency. Uh, this is when, you know, maybe if they respond, we stop communication, things like that. You want to make sure that you're keeping note of and that is really uh, clear to you as an entity, like sending things out that you understand how do you want to represent yourself? And with that, what communication do you want to make sure gets done? Um, and be realistic about it as well. Like, do you need to follow up with every single lead every single day? No, you do not. And in a lot of cases, that may hurt you. So just be realistic about what is reasonable for your sales cycle, for your business, for your, your structure, for the contracts that you're doing. And maybe it looks different for some contracts other than others. If you have multiple different like service offerings, consider how this might look different for service offering A versus service offering B. And like I said, really mapping that out is probably the most important step the software you get it set up in, I mean, that's personal preference, but it's more of a question of like, how do you, how do you actually write that out and what are the words that needs to be, or what needs to be communicated in those messages? That's the important part is really just getting it mapped out. Yeah. I think for me, the only, only like not caveat, but is like, 
it's okay to also do it like manually until you have something proven and then add automation to it. Because uh, let's say you're doing prospecting, right? You might not want to add like a lot of like, software and complexity um, before you really get like, you know, your numbers, right? Like, so let's say that your numbers are, um, I don't know, like for every hundred people you reach out to, 20 of them respond and one of them turns into a, um, like a, like a, like a, uh, a call, right? Since you know that, then if you want 10 calls, you have to reach out to a hundred thousand people, but you have to first understand like what that number is because automation is really good at doing the work. But if the work isn't yielding the results that you want, then it doesn't really matter how much automation you add to it. Cause it's just not going to, not going to fulfill what you need it to fulfill. So any closing remarks or anything like that? Um, mostly just that automation is your friend, but like I said, take a deep, a deep look at how you want your business to be represented and what makes sense for you. Map it all out and then uh, get it set up so that nothing falls through the cracks, whether that's manual or automated. Well, guys, thank you so much for the 52 amazing episodes. I'm super, super pumped for the uh, next 52. Uh, a lot of changes coming, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for what's to come. And yeah, team, like let's let's rock and roll. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day. If you have any questions, email me at nicogetboundlessmedia.com. Uh, social, we're Get Boundless Media all over the place. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere except TV. Hopefully, guys, you have an amazing rest of your day, and we'll talk real soon. Peace.